Welcome to episode 36 of Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer Podcast. I'm Derek Dye. And I'm Jeff Brownson, and together we're drinking our way through this amazing world one pint at a time. Whether you love to travel, you love a cold local beer, or you just can't get enough of either, you're listening to the right podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. Today we have the conclusion of our conversation with M. Sauter from Pints and Panels. We get into some of her favorite breweries to visit, the best places to travel for beer, and even cover a few of our favorite beer festivals. If you missed the first half of the interview, be sure to go back to episode 35 and hear all about Pints and Panels and M's quest to become a master Cicerone. Before we get to that interview, though, let's take a minute to thank our regular listeners. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. If you haven't already, click that button to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything we have coming down the line. We want to send a big thank you out to Beer by Coleman for sponsoring this episode. It doesn't get much better than having the opportunity to do an interview with one beer expert and having that interview sponsored by another beer expert. And now, after a quick word from our sponsor, let's get to the good part. Sit back, relax, crack open your favorite brew, and enjoy our chat with them. Are you looking into opening a new brewery, distillery, or craft beer bar? Or are you already an owner or operator, and you're looking for help to go from surviving to thriving? Maybe you're simply looking for a finely curated virtual craft beer or beverage tasting experience for your business or organization. Well, look no further. Beer by Coleman can help with all of this and more. They're the solution you're looking for for your craft beer and beverage needs. For people studying for the Cicerone, I have visual syllabus, syllabi for level one, the certified beer server, and level two, certified Cicerone, and I do a, a master as well. And all of these are available for free in the educational archive on my website, just because I want education to be accessible. So if you want to take, you know, taking the a Cicerone is expensive. So if, if you want to study for it, sometimes Taking a class can be too expensive or out of the, you know, means of someone. So if I can offer free education, that's something that's super important to me. So everything's free for the most part. If you want to download, like if you want the certified Cicerone syllabus and you want to download it so you can see them all in one, uh, I do have a downloadable PDF. The level one's like $7 and the level two's 8 to 18 bucks. So, so you're really yeah. trying to get the money out of these people, like oh yeah, take yeah. them this for all a, their work. This is a huge racket. Yeah, pints and panels is a huge racket. <laughs> I think it's so cool that you're doing this, and that that was one of the questions I had here was to ask why you're doing this all for free, and you said it so beautifully there that you want education to be accessible, and that's such a wonderful thing to do. But giving away all that content doesn't make a profitable business so you do have to make some money somewhere so how do we yes. how do you how do you do that with pints and panels where does the money come from that allows you to do this so the money comes from i do a lot of uh public speaking so i give talks at local libraries i did a stout tasting at the yale club in new york city i took the train in um, and it was virtual. It was actually really cool. Uh, they handled all the technology and I did it all behind their bar and they handled all the beer and that was awesome. 
because I had also just been like fully vaccinated. So it was like my first like train ride in over a year. And I was like, oh, I'm on a train. Um, <laughs> made me very happy. I also do commissions. So people email me all the time and they're like, will you draw like my dog in this field? And I'm like, yeah, here, yeah, sure. And that's also like really reasonably, like um, I'll draw any beer can you want for 50 bucks. Uh, or, and then you can buy a print of it if you want for extra, or I'll do like, I'll draw your favorite bar and that's a hundred bucks just because architectural stuff takes forever or it takes a longer time because there's more detail. I do a lot of family portraits. I did a lot of Christmas cards. You know, if you like my style and you want me to draw it, I'll do it. And it's also not, you know, super uh, expensive. And then I have my part-time job working one day a week at Fox Farm and that's actually a great source of revenue. They treat us really, really well. Um, I love all my coworkers and the beer is really, really good. And we're quite popular. So we are reservation only, which I think is, we were curbside for well over a year. And so we just did stuff out of the back and now we're reservation only. So you have to have a reservation. To, you can walk up if like, if it's like a Thursday, like we can accommodate you. Um, so I work there one day a week and so most of the time I'm working on my book or different commissions. I just did a big commission for Uinta Brewing in Utah. I drew a bunch of their cans. I'll do stuff for other breweries. And then, I, yeah, I do uh, talks and other stuff. And that's, you know, people are like, hey, draw this. And I'll go, okay, give me X amount of dollars. And they go, here you go. And then I draw it for them. So that's actually working out pretty good. And then the art, I do art prints, cards greeting cards, posters of most of the things that I draw. And those are pretty popular. I've sent art prints to Singapore and South America and Europe and all over America and North America. And it's interesting that the most followers I have, most of them are in America, uh, about 50% are American, but 50% are international. Uh, many of them from South America, um, Chile. Chile and Argentina are big Pints and Panels fans. Um, that's really me- cool yeah I've been meeting now I'm like want the pandemic pandemic to be over because I really want to go to Argentina and Chile because their beer scene looks awesome um, you all the do people a that Pints and Panels me, world tour I would love to do that I've I've done some the last place I went inter- well for international four Pints and Panels I went to Australia to judge the Australia International Beer Awards in 2019 for, and I went there for two weeks and I did some pints and panel stuff. I gave a talk because it was good beer week. So the beer awards coincide with this like two week beer extravaganza in Melbourne. So um, I did some beer stuff with good beer week and that was really cool. So I'm itching to travel again. I haven't been on a plane in a very long time um, and I'm itching to travel again. So hopefully and do beer stuff. So hopefully maybe next year, who knows? So. And I feel like the the teaching and the and the talks and the beer tastings you're doing to earn some income on the side, it goes without saying, but you've kind of not really put it out there. As an advanced Cicerone, there's also not many of you out there in the world. So there's there's high demand for for you all to come and do these things and you're quite talented and quite well qualified to do these types of things. Thank you. Yeah, there are only a hundred and 40 advanced Cicerones in the world and only 26 or 25 of them are women so it's a pretty small select club yeah I feel like you hadn't bragged about yourself yet so uh, let's just let's I, just I, throw it out not, there 
people want you to come and do things because you are you are a very 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 small subset of the beer fanatics out there in the world i am not i'm incredibly humble so i will not brag but yes (laughs) (laughs) like they could invite derek and i to come judge a beer competition and we would happily drink the beers and provide almost nothing of use to them Whereas like, this one's good, (laughs) you will say intelligent things and be helpful. You know what's, most people know what's good and what's not. And that's the, like, and that's the thing about Pints of Panels that, you know, you're always learning about beer. You're always trying new stuff and, you know, just drink good beer. That's, that's very important to the, like, Pints and Panels, like, mindset of just, like, try beer, taste beer, enjoy beer and drink what you like. You know, if you want to drink only lagers that's fine if you want to drink you know weird beer that's brewed with like chicken or money or i don't know what's beer brewed now then that's cool that's your prerogative um i'm, I'm into it so yeah just that was very like. specific and it scares me is there a beer that's brewed and they throw money in it uh i believe evil twin brewed a beer with money yes oh, man how did i miss that i don't that was a while ago the chicken my local brewery beer brewed a bock with chicken that yeah, I that one didn't tried. sound that surprising to me. Yeah, but the <laughs> money one, the... yeah. No, they, yeah, people, I mean, there's beer in my fridge that's brewed with, like, whole cheesecakes. And I, I'm i like, what? Okay. Is it good? I don't know. But I'll try it. You know, that's the best part about beer is there's different, when, when I work behind the bar at Fox Farm and people come up and they're like, I don't like beer because they've been dragged there by, like, their significant other or family or whatever. And I ask them, the first thing I ask them is, what flavors do you like? Because I'm pretty sure that there's a flavor that you like that coincides with a beer. Um, and so I normally can find at least something. We have a pretty diverse tap list. So there's lagers. There's, we have the New England IPAs. But we also have, you know, we brew a Best Bitter. And, um, you know, we have a coffee stout. We've got some other stuff that's like pretty. There's a pretty well-rounded list of things. And I'm always trying. I bet I can find something that you'll like. So... Jeff and I were discussing this on an episode maybe a couple of months ago now with one of our guests. But when when people say they don't like beer, it's typically one of two things, right? They they either haven't had good beer before or they just haven't found a, a style that they like. There's something out there for pretty much everyone. Absolutely. Uh, the first time I took the master, after the second day, we I, my mom had come with me because she wanted to visit a friend. And so that night we went out to dinner and we went to the Bal- now defunct, but we went to Ballast Point, had an, an offshoot in Chicago. And I order and she's like, well, I don't like beer. This is my mom's friend. I don't like beer. And I'm like, let's just walk through some stuff. And she had a wit beer and it was made with um, lemongrass and like Thai spice. And she took one sip and she was like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. What else <laughs> is like this? And I was like, well, you got to try Allagash White and Hogarden. And like, because wit beer was my gateway beer. I had Sam Adams White Ale in 2007 and it blew my mind. And I'm not, I would not, my first book is dedicated to Sam White Ale. That beer changed my life. And so seeing my mom's friend be like, this beer is amazing. What else is there? And then you have wit beers and then you learn about other Belgian beers. Then you learn about like Hefeweizens. And then you learn about other, you know, styles and you just keep drinking and it's a journey, you know, that's the best part about beer is, yeah, they're not all advanced to like, you know, like this Grodziski is definitely for smoke beers or I, I didn't like smoke beers until very recently. So 
there's it's not you know there's a, there's something for everybody though that's the that's what i'm getting trying to get at so yeah and we had on our last episodes we had our friend richard on who is a at home he drinks coors light he loves coors light that's his beer of choice and i was drinking a uh, banana s'mores sour from RAR. And he was like, I'm not sure I would try that one. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's there's something for everyone. And some mm-hmm. of those RAR beers are a little weird, but I will absolutely try whatever I can get. And in speaking about the, the smoked beers, I think that's there's a select group of people who like smoked beers. And there's a whole lot of people who think they're disgusting, I think, is what I found. And I'm one of those people that like them, but it's a very, it's usually a very strong or very distinct flavor that you have to be on board with and you don't want to be surprised by. If someone's like, here, have a beer and you taste it and it's a smoked beer, you're like, whoa, wait a second, what what happened here? Yeah, it can be very polarizing, especially if you're having like Schlankerla or any of those like classic Bomberg style Rauch beers. At Fox Farm, we brew a lot of different, this is, we brew, this is our fourth, fourth smoked beer? No, because we brew a smoked Hellas, we brew a, a Rauch beer, we brew the Grodziski, I feel like we brew one more. Um, I, oh, we brewed a Imperial Stout with, like, some, um, we smoked some of the, um, oh gosh, what was it? It's for, we do a Halloween beer called Witch Meadow, because that's the street in the town that we're, and we're in Salem, Connecticut. So that's just, you know, witch stuff, even though that's Massachusetts, but same difference. So yeah, but so we've done some smoke stuff before and it's definitely the experimentation is something that our, our, I, we haven't brewed the cabin in a while. That's our smoke Hellas, And that is just such a good beer. Um, we usually brew the cottage. Our unsmoked version is definitely our owner's most popular and is, he's also the brewer. So there's a lot of cottage and they just discovered they really, they brew a good Kolsch. We're a big lager brewery. So there's a lot of lagers that come out of that place, um, which is great. So I love, I mean, I'm a real, I call it, a, I'm a crispy kid. Um, that's what I say. So. And now I've got to go to Connecticut and try out the beers there. We have great, uh, Connecticut is, we were a little behind, but now we've caught up when i turned 21 there was probably four breweries in the entire state there was and they were there's willimannic brewing company was probably the only good one and now there's a hundred plus and both the breweries in my town are great um i live 10 minutes from new park new park is a great brewery um they're making they they just came out with a really great vienna lager we've got fox farm we've counterweight and hamden phenomenal brewery we've got new england brewing company old school but delicious so there's a lot of really good beer um so yeah it's nice i think there's good beer almost there's, everywhere now but that the, that's the best part about new beer. england man there's good beer everywhere and that's the best part you go and that's the best part about travel too when you travel somewhere and like i love going to like airport like layovers, like you're gonna go, like I gotta, I'm coming, I'm going to Pittsburgh in September and our layovers in Detroit. And I'm like, cool, all those, like, I'm gonna drink all the like, you know, I got two hours. (laughs) I'm gonna drink a bunch of like shorts and like different, all these different like Michigan breweries I can't get. 
you go to a different state and you're like, I've never heard of any of these breweries. When I was in Australia, I'm like, I've never heard of any of these breweries. And all the beer was so good. Um, it was really like I'd order a beer and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And it would be phenomenal. And that was yeah, the cool I part. Yeah, I snuck off the beach when we were in Australia. We did uh, a day of surfing and it was the heat just got to be too much for me. So I left my wife and my kids on the beach and I saw that there was a brewery like a block and a half away. So I walked up. And I was going to have like one little taster or one or two tasters and then go back and meet them. And I don't know. I think I tasted like eight or nine beers later and my wife was texting me. She's like, you didn't come back. I was like, yeah, just let me know where to meet you. Like I found yeah. a happy place here. <laughs> <laughs> and that brewery was great. And I'll have to look and see what it was and, and link it up in the show notes here. But it was, I mean, it was such a fun discovery. I had no idea it was there. It just happened to be a block from where I was on the beach. Yeah, that's the best part about when we were in Australia, it was there, we were there in May, so it's there in November, so we got like autumn, so it was cold, uh, it was like 60 degrees or something, 60, yeah, about in the 60s, um, but all the, you know, we'd walk to a bride, I have a friend who's Australian who was with us, so he was like, oh, we gotta go, we had a guide, essentially, so he's like, we gotta go here, we gotta go here, we gotta go here, and so he took us around to all the really good breweries, you know, drink this, drink this, drink this. And it was awesome. So it was, I really, they really like, like dark ales, which was like their take on a dark mild. And we would go to this pub and I was just like, keep them coming. Cause it was like, you know, three and a half percent, four percent. Cause all Australian beer for the most part, the pale ales, Pacific ales are all really low alcohol. They're all about four or so. And so you could have a couple pints and be totally fine. And then you'd like get on, it was great and get on the tram and then go back to the hotel. I it was just, it was, I really, really liked Australia a lot. My husband loved Australia. And after we left, he kept calling it British Texas, which, <laughs> which is very accurate. I feel it was like, if he kept saying Australia was like, if we had lost the revolutionary war, this is what America would be like. And I like <laughs> totally agree. It felt very like British if Texas were British. Um, because, like, it was, and they were having an election when we were there. Is there, like, prime minister election? So there was, like, weird commercials and weird TV and, like, interesting food and snacks. And, like, it was, I, we, if it weren't super, you know, we weren't a 24-hour flight on the other side of the world, we would definitely go more often. So. Yeah, my younger son decided when we were there that he was going to go to college there. So we'll see if that holds true. He's He's going to be a freshman in high school this year, so we have four more years but he declared he was going to go to college in australia because he loved it so much he loved everything about it it was like i got to pet a kangaroo the wine like i don't i'm not i don't know a lot about wine but we went um our friend who's australians a friend gave us a bunch of wineries to visit uh, we did three days in the wine country north of melbourne and it was just the most beautiful it reminded me a lot of like when living in oregon it had this kind of like pacific northwest vibe and the food and the like we went the first night we were there, we just went to a local winery and we're like, uh, that wine. And it was like, you know, we were on vacation. So it was probably like, it was like a $25. It was like 40 Australian. So a 25 American or something. And then we just bought pasta at the grocery store and like stayed in and like drank this amazing bottle of wine and watched their like weird version of MasterChef. And I was like, this rocks. <laughs> this is perfect. This is I great. keep telling my wife that I'm going to go for the Women's World Cup in 2023. The hosts are Australia and New Zealand. 
And I keep telling her, I'm going to go for this. And she keeps saying, no, you're not going to Australia without me. I loved it there. We're going to go together. I'm like, well, you're going to need to take a month off then and come to Australia and New Zealand with me for the Women's World Cup. New Zealand's definitely a place I'd love. The beer scene. My mom went to, so my mom takes a big, she's retired. Um, She usually takes one big trip every year and she always brings back beer. And she usually like does very well and brings back some really good stuff. And she brought me back Garage Project, which is a very good, well-known brewery in New Zealand. And she was there for a month with my aunt and uncle. They did like a road trip through New Zealand. Um, And the beer was so, so good. So it's definitely on my to-do list. She brought me back really great beer. She went to Chile, which she loved. She was supposed to go back. She had got, she went to the airport on March 17th, 2020, and they were like, what are you doing here, oh. lady? Go home. Because <laughs> we were like, please don't go. Please don't go. And she's like, no, I'm going. I'm go-. She, really, she was supposed to go to Easter Island. She's like, I want to go to Easter Island. I want to see the giant heads. And she got all the way to JFK, and they were like, borders closed. And she called me, and my sister and I had to like feign sadness. She, she'll probably listen to this and be like, I knew it. Um, <laughs> and we were like, oh, no, you couldn't go. I am so sorry. Like we were, uh, but it was, I was so relieved because like she knew people got stuck down in Argentina. Yeah, we had friends that, that almost got stuck in a variety of places and had to scamper home because obviously in our, in our world of travel rewards and travel, people yeah. are on the road all the time everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's been an interesting was, an interesting yeah. year and a half for us. So as as we come out of the pandemic and start getting into a little bit more travel, are you starting to see more requests for uh, judging and for that kind of thing and lecturing around the U.S. and around the world? Or has that not really picked up yet? It has. It ha- so I got asked to judge the Great American Beer Festival, but it coincides. We're going to Glacier National Park with uh, on a family trip with my husband myself my mother my sister and my brother-in-law and that coincides like a week after so i didn't want to fly all the way out there and then come back but we are going to after glacier national park i got asked to host a panel discussion at the barrel and flow festival which highlights black owned breweries uh in pittsburgh so i'm gonna go and speak there so i'm flying from kalispell montana to pittsburgh and then I'm, I'm there for three days, so I'll go to the festival and talk and then hang out. And I have family in Pittsburgh. And my mom's actually coming with me, which I'm excited about. So that'll be really great. So that'll be my first, like, festival slash speaking in public. Well, I did a – I was the first in-person talk at a local library in Connecticut uh, last month. So I did a – I did style, like, what's the difference between a stout and a porter? What's the difference between an ale and a lager? But the travel schedule has not picked up yet. It will, I bet. Um, I'm missing, you know, I was supposed to judge the Frankfurt International Beer Trophy in Frankfurt in early April of 2020. And I was devastated when, obviously, I couldn't go. Uh, we were supposed to go with myself and two of my good friends, one's from Scotland. I'm another friend from Connecticut who's also, they're both advanced Cicerones. We were supposed to go to... We were supposed to take a private tour of the Wireman malting facility in Bomberg. And then they were, the Wiremans were going to take us to dinner. And I was like, no, <laughs> I wanted to go so bad. Um, you were like your mom at the airport, just begging, please yeah. let yeah, me I was like, go. Please let me go and have the Wiremans take me out because they seem really nice. And I want to see their malting facility, but alas. Um, so I actually have a pretty 
decent sized credit with Delta and I'm like waiting to, I'd like to travel, international travel. I can't, yeah. I, two of my good friends who are both British uh, were having drinks together and they sent me a picture of themselves and I was like, no, like I, I've, I've never been to England. I've been to Scotland, but I've never been to England. And I'm, it's on my to-do list. I made a list of all the places that I'd like to go. Um, hopefully that maybe next year, who knows? So I, I saw your, to, yeah. when you posted the other day, your beer dreams, your oh, beer yeah, travel like dreams, I think it was that, I think that was that list, right? You had England yeah. on there and New Zealand and a few other Munich. places. I'd love to go to Oktoberfest when that happens again. Prague, New Zealand, that cop harvest in Yakima or, or Oregon, go back to Oregon. Um, Wisconsin, I'd love to go to New Claris and a couple of, I've been to Milwaukee, but it was my first beer tour ever. I took the, I was 23, 20, no, yeah, uh, it was 23. I took the beer tour at Miller. It was my first beer tour I ever took. Um, they well, gave that's kind me of a, a fun tour though. It's a great tour, and then they just made fun of Budweiser the whole time. And we were there for the Brewers-Cardinals game, so there was a lot of like people from St. Louis on the tour, and there was a lot of booing. Um, but they gave you a lot of free beer, so much so that we had to sit in the parking lot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a car when I went on that tour, but I yeah, they pretty much are just like, eh, drink whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Like, Here are some will. beers. Yeah, and it's it not. Was... I mean, they distribute so many different kinds of international beers out of there and mm -hmm. so it was just the variety that you could try i thought it was a really cool tour the uh i have friends who work at molson Coors, the corporate headquarters in chicago and their corporate bar is a must if you can ever find someone who works there it's a must visit it's so beautiful and they've got like pilsner Kell on the side pole and like all the beers that anything that they distribute even stuff that they only make for certain markets like I was there, um, a good friend of mine is their head of events. So um, I usually st actually usually stay with her because she lives right around the corner. And then um, I went to and if they were doing a Q&A with two of their master Cicerones uh, one night, this was a, like uh, five years ago or something like that. And um, they had flown a keg from like Blue Moon just, you know, oh, we, we got this in, you know, next day from the Blue Moon facility, and this is the only place in the world that it's on that's not there, because they have their own like huge brewery out in Denver. Um, that's very, very nice. It's a very nice restaurant. So it's cool to like go drink beer there, and they have a nice outdoor seating, and it was it's on like the 30th floor, and it's right across the street from the Willis slash Sears Tower, and you're like, what? Um, but yeah, Chicago, best beer scene in America, the end. So just going to say that. That's an interesting take. Interesting, yeah. I, I mean, I have had some great beers in Chicago, but we've had, we always ask on every episode, where are the best spots for beer in America? And I, I think there was one other person who said Chicago. It's Chicago. Chicago has the most breweries per capita. It's like over 200. They're brewing, you name it, they brew it. From large stuff like the Lagunitas facility in Chicago is wild. Um the brewery, that tasting room sits above the production floor in this like box. So there's no, win there's windows to the brewery, but there's no windows outside. So you're kind of like within, within. It's wild to the like super small, you know, like, you know, you walk around a corner and there's a brewery and they're brewing like, oh, we do, you know, saisons and they do it like incredibly well. Um, 
And then there's lager breweries and brew pubs and all sorts of stuff. And Michelin-starred restaurants that are also brew pubs. And it's, the scene is great. It's, if I, we, um, my husband and I were thinking, we are, we are in the process of purchasing the home. We live in the house his mother grew up in. So we're in the process of buying this house. But our, if the number that they were, we were worried if they were going to, we didn't know what they were going to like want to pay. Uh, want us to pay and if the number was too high we were like we're just gonna move to chicago <laughs> so we there's good beer there to, there's good food almost, there there's good beer my husband's in it there's good jobs let's just we'll move to chicago so but that's on the way to vermont right for the retirement uh plan? no no well <laughs> now we're like no we'll just live here and then we'll move to vermont so and yeah live in a town that we can walk to a bar or like some kind of like tavern that's what i want yeah, nothing uh, wrong with that for sure. Yeah. Overall, of the places that you've been so far, what are some of your favorites in the world? Um, I we went on to this is not beer related, uh, but we went to Italy for our honeymoon, and it was it was during a heat wave. We went we got married in April, and we left the next day because I was like, no, we're just going to go on our honeymoon. I don't want to like wait. Um, and we flew to, we went to the Amalfi Coast and we did, you know, we spent more than we would have typically done, but we went during a shoulder season. So the hotel wasn't super expensive. The food was reasonable. The hotel we stayed at, and then we went from, um, Positano up to Milan and did a week. Um, my husband loves to drive in foreign countries. It's his favorite thing to do. He loves like anytime we're like in your like Europe, Australia, in Australia, we had a he uh, drives a stick and it was the stick. It was the uh, like they drive on the other side and he had a manual. So he had to kind of teach himself to shift with the other hand. And he was and then we were in downtown Melbourne, which is like a city of like eight million people. <laughs> and they have hook when you want to turn right, they've hook turns. So you got to mm-hmm. get in the left lane to turn right. Yeah. And we like left the and I was like, just keep driving straight. It'll, the GPS will redirect us. Just keep driving straight. <laughs> It'll figure it's it fine. out. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, my first time with uh, stick and driving on the other side was in Thailand, I want to say, in Koh Samui. And it was, it was the same thing. Like, I didn't even think about it. I knew I was going to drive on the other side. I knew the car was a stick. And we got to the car, and I got in, and I was like, huh, that's yeah. not the hand I do that yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. And for everyone that hasn't done this, it is literally as difficult as you would think it would be, right? I will say my husband did a, he did a great job. We only had a couple like, you know, whoa, uh, you know, but we were, you know, the roads were, the roads in Australia, are, it, it reminded me of the roads here in America. So big, wide spaces and whatnot. But we've done, we've driven in like Belgium, which is, you know, once you get into Europe and you've got European stuff, I've only driven, we went to, I went to Scotland with my mother and my sister for two weeks and my mother was like I'm paying for this trip so you're driving so my sister and I switched we did I don't know how to drive stick I actually cannot drive my husband's car so we had an automatic but driving on the other side and the roads are you know in Scotland they have one lane roads where they have passing places so when you're driving you have to whoever's coming first you kind of move to the side and then and the national speed limit is 55 miles an hour and you are allowed to drive that fast on those roads so it is wild you have to be able to hit the brakes quick if someone's coming yeah and you have to know like when like and you kind of have to like know to look ahead as well especially with the hilliness of the roads but it was i've 
Scotland was really awesome. I mean, there's we've been to a lot of places. For beer travel, nothing beats Belgium. Uh, we've been to Belgium a few times, and every time we go, we meet new people that become lifelong friends. The beers, the fresh Belgian beer, you know, anywhere you go. I um, We went to a dive bar because I was like, one of us had to use the restroom or something. And so we're like, we'll have a beer here. And it was like two people. It was the, the bartender and then a guy gambling and smoking. But and they but they had Chimay on draft with the proper glassware. And I was like, this is awesome. Oh, they don't <laughs> mess around with glassware over there. No, yeah. they don't mess. Yeah. Right. I, I had a friend who like wanted an Orval and they wouldn't serve it to him because the Orval glasses were all being used. So they're like, no, you can't have an Orval. Like maybe later. Have, maybe, <laughs> we'll yeah. Give us a half hour and we'll wash you one and then you can have one. And I was like, what? So... Um, Orval, we went to Orval in February of 2019 uh, with two of my friends and we, my husband drove down to Orval because it's right on the border with Luxembourg and it was, oh, it was awesome. Just the food and the beer and, you know, it's got I would like to point of... out as we're talking glassware in Europe, I did drink my Guinness out of a Guinness glass. Oh, proper, so proper perfect. glassware. I was doing Excellent. proper glassware here in, in Virginia <laughs> yeah. today for my beer. And M, when you when you travel, do you typically search for beer? Do you typically plan your travels around beer, or do you travel to get away from beer since it's your day to day job? Uh, we usually like when, on our honeymoon when we were in Milan. We were only in Milan for one day. That was I was like, that's the day we'll do beer stuff. Other than that, we don't we don't normally like go to breweries. It's not something we. If we're traveling, we'll like maybe go to a restaurant that's got good like beer, or maybe go to a brewery. But I I don't try to unless we're in like unless it's a dedicated beer trip. It's not something I try to like. I when I travel with my mom and my sister, I'm allowed one brewery. That's the that's not the it's like kind of an unwritten rule, and so that's how like you know I'll we'll do it. Um, but in Milan, we went to Lombrate, which is a brew pub, uh, in Milan that was excellent. And they had, for, they charged you an extra Euro cause it was happy hour, but that extra Euro, you got unlimited access to this like huge spread of food. So there was like meats and cheese and pasta salad and antipasto and like, you know, s- you know, stuffed, I don't even know, but it was all like phenomenal. And that's what we had for, uh, dinner that night. And it was just the the beer was six euros instead of five, and we got to eat this like giant spread, and it was awesome. So that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, and their goza was I had their goza, and it was excellent, really nice and like tart and salty. Uh, it was phenomenal. So that was a nice, and it was also in when we were in Milan, it was incredibly hot. It was like well into the eighties in April, which is not normal. Um, it was hot the whole time we were there, like I said. So it was yeah. That was, so that's how we normally do with beer. It's not, my husband likes beer. So when we travel, we drink beer, but it's not like, I try not to like let it monopolize all aspects of my life. <laughs> I try, try. It, Sometimes it happens. Beer has yeah, a way of hard. doing that, right? It's hard. <laughs> but now, so. You told us your favorite uh, travels, both uh, your honeymoon and then uh, for beer in, in Belgium. Tell us about your favorite beer festival that you've been to. I really like the Great American Beer Festival when they have it. Obviously, they haven't had it in a few years because uh, I've judged the past. I've ju- I judged 2017 and 2019, um, and I really like that because you get to try beer from all over America. And then 
you know, it's one ounce sample, so it's small, so you get to try tons of different stuff. Um, I also really like the Festival of Wood and Barrel Age Beers in Chicago. That happens in November, called Fobab. I think it's that sounds festival. amazing. Yeah, um, that place it's it's crowded, and uh, you have to leave before people start puking. But if you leave before people start throwing up, it's great. I'll put that on my notes. Leave yeah. before people start puking. I usually it starts at like <laughs> it starts at like five, and it goes till ten. So like leave at like eight thirty. I usually leave. I usually leave. I always leave beer festivals early. Cause I'm just like by 10 o'clock, you know, it's not going to, nothing's going to get better. So like, let's just like cut it off now, uh, and go somewhere else where it's not full of drunken people. So I usually, yeah, that's, but that's a great beer festival. The selection of beer is excellent. There's sours, there's a cider room, there's, um, you know, there's, I had a Surly Brewing in Minnesota made a beer called Pancake Party and it was like drinking a pancake breakfast. It was I had t- I was taking a train home. I love the train. I'm, I could talk about the train forever. Um, I was taking the Amtrak from Chicago back to New England, and so I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna pass out on the train." And so I just drank a ton of like crazy beers. And by the time I like got to, there was a beer that was supposed to mimic like Neapolitan ice cream, the vanilla chocolate strawberry, and I was just like, "All right, we're done here." I've had enough. I have to get on a train. I've had, I I have to get on a train and make sure I get on this train. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, why don't I feel well? And I'm like, oh yeah, the Neapolitan. <laughs> I was fine, but it Derek was. and I are excited. We have tickets, um, VIP tickets for the Snallygaster Festival here in I've DC. I've heard wonderful things about Snallygaster. Um, um, and we, I, we're not going to make it to the end, I don't think. No, the VIP no. tickets get us in two hours early so we can taste would, the stuff no. that will run out. But yeah. I don't know. There's I think nothing it might be wrong, a rough night. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with leaving a beer festival early. There's nothing wrong about finishing, you know, not finishing things that are in your cup. There's nothing wrong with, like, dumping it. If you don't like it, dump it out, you know. Don't dump it out in front of the brewer, but, like, dump it. You know, you don't have to drink it. <laughs> um, that's the, you know beer there's also you know there's a whole like you know have some water have food uh i find actually the best food for drinking is like if you can find it which is rare like a meat pie like a british style like hand pie is like a savory meat pie in australia they were everywhere they were like like oh and they're so good there yeah those four and 20 meat pies i don't want to know what's oh my god and it comes the ketchup comes in this like i don't it's how oh we went to an uh, australian rules football game at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, which is one of like the largest stadiums in the world, it's like over 120,000 people, and I ate the meat pie, and then I ordered a beer, and the woman was like, "You only want one?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> and then it got really rowdy, and it was awesome. Like it was, but it was so much fun. And the beer was dirt cheap at the stadium. It was like five Australian a, a lager. Yeah, it's is- strange when you travel and things are so different. And a, a couple of my favorite um, alcohol purchase things was I was at years ago when I was in Copenhagen. We went to a, a Beastie Boys concert, and the concert special was a shot in a beer for like I don't know whatever it was. It was, ended up a couple of bucks, but I'm like, you're purposely giving people shots every time they want a beer. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> but then the other one was I went to a, a Germany Czech Republic World Cup qualifier in Hamburg, and. It was, I was expecting to pay through the nose for concessions there. And it was like 
a dollar twenty or a euro twenty five for a pretzel and like two fifty for a beer. And I was like, this is magical. Why aren't our stadiums like this? Yeah, I paid what I paid eleven fifty for a Miller Lite. No, it was ten ten seventy five for a Miller Lite at Fenway. And eleven it was twelve dollars for a I had a Sam the Wicked the Sam seventy six now called Wicked Easy, which I actually really like. So yeah, it's uh it, I, I remember asking an Australian, like, why is your beer so cheap? And he, uh, he, his response was like, we would, we would fight if it was expensive. So <laughs> just, just give, it was 450 and their lager is like low. It's like three and a half percent. So, and so people, you'd get this tray that you could throw out and you could fill it full of beer and it was just take, they would put this beer on out and then you would just grab it. And then they would like ring you up at like there was like a, a thing at the end like it was all like roped off and you would go in and grab your beer and wait in line and then they'd let you out after you paid and it was like it was wild so i mean if it's the, that cheap why not get more than one i know well i got <laughs> so i got they, i got four pines which is actually it's the goose island essentially of so it's bud it's not budweiser anymore but it was um their pacific ale so it's like their australian pale ale and that was 10 australian so that was like seven american for the pint um, so I only got one just because I didn't really want to. I only, you know, and then I went back and I got another. I got a Great Northern Lager and that was $5. So I got a beer. Uh, or no, Great Northern was like six. It was um, Carlton. C-U-B is their like kind of like cheap brand, um, which is now Kieran or Sapporo. But it was Budweiser back in the day, um, in the day as in like two years ago. Um, so, yeah, but... It was great. I really loved everything about the Australian beer scene. It was expensive, though. Like, if you wanted a regular beer in a bar, sometimes you were going to pay, like, $17. And if you wanted a six-pack of beer, that was going to be about 25 Australian, 24 Australian. Um, I remember telling Australians about, like, a 30-pack of Jenny Cream Ales, like, $16. And they were like, you get 30 beers for $16? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what's in it. That's yeah. a deal. And they were like, I don't believe, like, like, a you'd buy, a lot of them would buy, you'd buy beer by the case. And it was like 50 bucks, 55, $60 a case. So it's expensive. So, but everything's expensive in Australia, but. Yep. But maybe that's why it's such a wonderful place. It is a nice place. I really, I would love to. Yeah. Or maybe that's because it's such a wonderful place. They realize what they've got there and they're like, we'll get a little bit more from everybody. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. Yeah. So it's been such a wonderful conversation with you. The The love of beer is so evident in chatting with you. And Thank you. The, if anyone follows you on social media, as I have been for a while, I've learned so much. And I, I felt like I knew a decent amount about beer, but I've learned so much about different hop varieties and different styles of beer and different pairings and it's it, you put out a wealth of information i'm so excited that i found you and i'm so excited that we've had this chance to talk today i will definitely say to you if oktoberfest is on your list of things to do we have well we've now postponed to a 2022 trip but uh, i've been there every other year for the past several years until this one was canceled definitely we'll talk about that offline and 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 get you over there and we'll have a grand time in munich um one of my favorite cities on earth that would be amazing i'm, I'm itching to go to i've only been to the munich airport 
I've been there many times, but I also leave it and hang out in the city. Yeah, so it would be nice if I've been to the Frankfurt Airport and the Munich Airport on my way to a wedding in Italy, and that's not something, yeah, so it would be nice to to get there and go to Oktoberfest, you know, I've, I've given talks about Oktoberfest, but I've never been to Oktoberfest, and so it's, I'm, I'm itching, so. Excellent, and in the meantime, uh, let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to take a look at the content you're putting out, the things you have for sale, if they want to have you come and speak somewhere, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you and find you online? So Pints and Panels is pintsandpanels.com is the website. And then social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, just at Pints and Panels. Uh, so send me a message or on any of those uh, social media sites, I'll get it. Or there's a contact me button on uh, pintsandpanels.com and we can uh, have a discussion and chat and feel free to look at the educational archive, which has back stuff for the years that I've done all my educational comics and feel free to peruse and enjoy and read and learn. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to answer questions about beer. Emma, it was great meeting you. Thanks for being on. And we hope to uh, have you back sometime this year as the, uh, the newest master Cicerone in the world. Fingers crossed. Thanks guys so much for having me. Thank you. What a great chat with M, and I can't wait until we have a chance to meet up with her at a beer festival somewhere and share some beers and learn even more about what we're drinking. But now it's time to get over to our updates in the travel rewards world, and Derek, we're going to start out with credit cards and a newcomer. Yeah, you know, Jeff, it's not every day that Chase specifically introduces a new credit card, although we're kind of getting used to this lately, right? Like last fall, we had the Chase Freedom Flex introduced as a new card. Earlier in 2021, we had the United Quest card. So we're kind of getting spoiled by all these new cards that are coming out by Chase. Unfortunately, this one is not nearly as good as either the Freedom Flex or the United Quest. But it does have its place, and it is worth mentioning to any of our listeners who may be especially beginning their award travels game, may have even found it listening to Miles and Pints. We really hope that's the case. The new card is the Chase Slate Edge. You can receive a $100 cash bonus after you spend $500 in six months. 500 in six months. So everyone out there uh, could do that spend for sure. One of the added perks of it is you get a 0% APR for the first 12 months if you do need to uh, carry a balance uh, for some reason. Uh, but the interesting piece, Jeff, of this new card is, and you can see where it's who the people it's geared for, you can lower your interest rate by up to 2% each year for those balances you may be carrying. And you can get periodic credit line increases based on you paying your balances and the amount of spend you are putting on your card. So again, not for everyone, not for most of the the seasoned folks in the points and miles world, but for anyone that's struggling to to start your credit journey or you have some issues in the past and you need to repair your credit, it's a really good card for, uh, for 
helping your credit, trying to rebuild your credit, or if you do need that APR, uh, 0% for 12 months. And I like what they're doing with this and like one side of my head likes it and the other side worries about it because as you said, they have targeted this towards people who may be repairing their credit, but then they've given a 0% APR for 12 months, which kind of encourages people to put charges on it and not pay them off. And then they also are giving you a reduction of your credit limit. I mean, a reduction of your interest rate and increase in your credit limit by paying balances and continuing to spend on it. So I can see where people might get caught with this and end up spending to get those reductions and end up paying more and more interest on balances that they did in the first year of having this card. So it's something you need to be careful of if you're gonna pick this card up if you're just starting in the world of credit cards. Be vigilant of that, make sure you still are paying your balances and make sure even if you take advantage of that 0% APR for 12 months, you're able to pay that off before that 12 months end or you're gonna get hit with a whole bunch of interest charges that you don't wanna pay. And that's the ugly side of our hobby. Jeff and and you know we try and we try and be responsible to our listeners and to our readers and we try and remind everyone but it's always worth mentioning do not continue or start the rewards travel game by opening and closing credit cards for their sign up bonuses and doing hefty spend for these sign up bonuses if you are unable to pay your credit card statement in full each and every month as we all know uh, if you haven't done the math trust me we've done it before one month of interest eats up a ton of the value of a sign up bonus or your ongoing credit card reward so if you are unable to pay your monthly credit card balances Find a card such as this that has 0% APR and work diligently to pay off those balances. Do not go out and put all your spending on a 20 plus percent APR awards travel card to get, you know, a couple thousand points a month. It's not worth it if you're paying interest. Absolutely. And then we've got some updates from Chase as well, other than the new card. The Chase Sapphire Preferred, we had mentioned before that there was a better offer in branch for applying for that that included a waived annual fee and also a $50 credit for grocery. It appears that that offer is gone. You can no longer get the $50 grocery credit in, ban- in branch, but you may still be able to get the annual fee waived. There is also a 70,000 point offer on the Chase Sapphire Reserve that is in branch only at this point. We're not sure when that will be filtering out to affiliate links. We do have the 100,000-point Chase Sapphire Preferred offer available, but the annual fee is not waived through us. So if it's worth a trip to the branch, go apply there. If not, we'd love it if you would use our links. Very well said. You know, if it, if it's convenient and you have a, a branch nearby, sure, go save yourself $95. If not, pick your favorite blogger, your favorite um, points and miles Content producer, wink, wink, miles and pints, let's hope. And go go use our links, and we really appreciate the support. So there's been a lot of rumors, Jeff, as we've all heard about these offers ending. Uh, you know, some people were saying the 100,000-point offer was going away completely on the 17th or the 19th, whatever the day was. That was not true. We have no indication it's going away anytime soon. But again, if you're eligible, go get it. It could disappear at any time. Also, Jeff, we mentioned last week the massive new sign-up offer 
for the city premiere, although it wasn't all good news as we were hearing about a lot of denials for that 80,000-point offer for 4,000 spend in three months. The all-time high offer, but Jeff, this week we learn obviously more data points are rolling in a week later uh, to this new offer, and it's not as bad as we feared last week. While approvals are not where we thought they would be, we are seeing a bunch of approvals, and that's good. I still feel like people that should should have been eligible and city would auto approved, you know, before this high offer came out, or they may have changed the rules uh, a month or two ago, like we mentioned last week. I still feel like there's more denials than we would have expected, but it's certainly not as bad as it was on the show last week. So that is really good news. Again, all-time high offer city premiere. If you are eligible um, and you want to get in the thank you points game, now's the time to do it. Yeah, so it's I still don't know the rhyme or reason that City is using. I know what I was told on the reconsideration call for Chrissy, and I still have not had the chance to do another call. She hasn't been around. We were out of town for a few days in Philly the past few days. But I will try and do that before we head off to Europe this week. I I don't know why I still don't know why she wasn't approved. I don't know why you weren't approved. The the ones that are getting denied don't make sense to me. But for another data point, I figured before we did this recording, I would go on and get a denial so I could say, yeah, I got denied too. And sure enough, I got an instant approval for myself. I don't I don't understand. I have a prestige card. I have a currently open premiere card and they instantly approved me for another one. Like I said, there are some data points now that aren't as bad as they were last week. So it is possible to get approved. I don't know why. I don't know how. The only My only thought is I had some charges on my other credit cards, and I'm sitting down to pay bills tomorrow before I go on vacation. So it was sitting on there after the statement's closed, and it'll all be paid off, but maybe that was enough. And as I mentioned last week, I was auto-denied for the city premiere uh, that I applied for two weeks ago. I did get my letter this week, and I did call reconsideration. The only reason, Jeff, I, I told you via text this week, the only reason they listed I was declined was a late payment, a recent late payment. Yes, I had a late payment. It was less than 24 hours late. I woke up the day after it was due, realized I had missed it, immediately paid it, uh, logged on with the chat bot about a week later when my statement cut, and the the robot or whatever on the chat uh, on the chat window waived my fee in the interest, and I thought that was the end of it. Well, that's the sole reason for denial uh, of the city premiere. That seems ridiculous to me. Um, you know, I, I paid the late fee, or I paid the uh, the statement balance before the next statement cut. So I called it before they did. Um, so I called uh, a few days ago and asked for reconsideration. They sent it to the, the person on the phone line said they didn't have authority to do that. So they sent it to the reconsideration office. I would hear something back in three to five days. I'm not too hopeful. But worst case scenario, I think I'll wait 30 days, apply again, and then immediately call reconsideration, specifically ask for the reconsideration department, and just indicate same reasons. I had a late payment. I paid it in less than 24 hours, and I called it before City did. Doesn't seem like a uh, reason to reject a otherwise great customer. Yeah, it seems like they're rejecting as much as they can, and then they're doing some approval, some secondary approvals. 
Or in my case, they're just approving right away. Spencer over at Straight to the Points has said for years that City loves me for some reason, and he can't figure it out, and I can't figure it out, but I have another card coming my way from them. Other big news from City this week. On the transfer front, City announced that American Air is now a limited-time transfer partner for them. It is. It has been announced as a temporary thing going through November 13th. We don't know if they will continue this. In my mind, it would make perfect sense if they continued it since they issue the a whole bunch of City American Air credit cards, personal and business cards. But we don't know if it will continue. It's going to be at least until November 13th. If you have their premium cards, being the Premier, the Prestige, um, the higher-end cards... They transfer one-to-one in groups of a 1,000. If you have some of the lower-end cards, it's going to be a 1,000 to 500, so a 1 to 0.5 transfer. Probably not worth transferring at that rate. But if you have one of those cards that give you the one-to-one transfer, a great way to send some miles over to your American Air account. And you know the best part about this, Jeff? I mean, we can talk about how American really doesn't have transfer partners other than uh, Marriott. Uh, and I guess now built. Uh, but the best part about this is for American loyalists and American flyers that need, you know, as many American points and miles as they can. The easy thing about this is, is now there's no thought process behind what, what card do I need to earn American miles? It's going to be city cards, right? Especially, especially the city premier. You can now earn three X American miles at gas stations, grocery stores, airlines, hotels, uh, and other forms of travel. Uh, That's a no-brainer. Absolutely, and hopefully they continue that. I would love to see this continued and be a steady partner for them going on because it's a great partner for them to have. Like you said, none of the large traditional transferable currencies have partnered with American before, so it's something that those people who are in Miami or in Dallas or one of those big American air hubs love to see this. Yep. And again, if you are an American loyalist and you're running low on American miles, the best thing you can do right now is get yourself a city premier uh, or uh, add another city card, a double cash, let's say, make that 2x American miles on all spend uh, and rack up as many points and miles as you can and get those transferred over by November 13th unless that is extended. So a uh, great news for American Airline loyalists and great news for the Thank You Points program from City. With that, we move on to Amex. And Jeff, another week, another great targeted offer from Amex. Now we're seeing upgrade offers and they're a million point three MRs per upgrade. Just kidding. They haven't gone that high yet. 130,000 membership rewards to upgrade from business gold to business platinum. Every week, Jeff, we laugh and joke and say the offers aren't going to get any better. Guess what? Another week they get better. Yeah, and this one does require 10,000 spend in three months, so it's almost like you're getting a new card, but you aren't actually getting a new card. You're just upgrading a card that you already have and it's a, a fantastic offer. It's funny that you put it that way another week, another offer from Amex. I feel like they're almost, they found out that we're doing weekly updates and they always want to be included. So they're throwing something out every week for us to talk about. 
Next week, it may just be like, uh, pull any card out of the sock drawer, even if it's not an Amex, and you can make it an Amex MR card for 150,000 MRs after 15,000 spend. You know, just, just find some piece of plastic you haven't swiped in 10 years. It can become an MR card, and here we go. Here's a bunch of points. That would be great. I have a lot of those cards. Yeah. I would love and, that offer. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people speculating, like, why, are, why is Amex throwing around so many points right now? Uh, is there going to be some mega devaluation of, of some kind? I honestly don't know. And I honestly haven't, you know, used the brain power to try and think about the reasons they're doing this. I don't know if they're just trying to hit target goals. Most of these massive offers and the no lifetime language offers we've been talking about, people opening up multiple biz golds and multiple biz platinums, they do seem to be confined to the business program, Jeff. I don't know if you've really spent any brain power thinking about it, but something's got to be going on because these offers are just not normal. The one thing that I think may be a part of it is they're looking again at the landscape of America and where people are putting their spending and businesses are hurting after the pandemic. A lot of businesses, restaurants, tourism, all sorts of businesses. And some of them may be using credit cards to help pay their bills for a while or investing once they're trying to build that business back up. And Amex wants that spend. Amex wants that to be on their cards and they want to build those as long-term customers. So I think that they're trying to, again, they're reading the room, which is something Chase hasn't been great at. We've mentioned several times. Um, City has done okay with, but Amex has done pretty well through the pandemic other than that mess with announcing new benefits for the platinum card and then giving them away to everyone the next week they've done pretty well at reading the room and putting out products and things that people need and i think this might just be another case of that where they're trying to pull in those business customers that's a good theory and i do like it because if if they're i you know if they're willing to partner with me I really want membership rewards, and they really want spend. So that's a perfect match in my mind. Give me as many of these 100, 130, 150,000 MR offers as you can. I'll take them all and try my best to hit that spend on business cards. So another week, another great offer from Amex. With that, we will move from credit card news over to hotels. Uh couple of hotels this week, Jeff, they are wanting us to spend money, but not inside their brick and mortar locations. They want us to buy points. Typically a terrible idea, but in both of these cases, the prices are at a point where it might be a good idea if you have specific redemptions. I think overall, anyone who talks about or writes about miles and points and rewards programs will generally tell you it's a terrible idea to buy points because there's a reason that they're selling these points and typically they sell them at a rate equal to or higher than what you can redeem them at, which makes it a loss when you buy them and then later down the road redeem them at a lower level. In these two cases, we have Hilton and we have Hyatt and they're both selling points at a fairly low rate that we personally have seen redemptions higher than that. So if you have a specific redemption in in mind, and you know that you're going to get a better redemption than what you can buy these points for, it might be a good idea. So with that disclaimer, I'll let Derek tell you a little bit about what these two sales are. (laughs) Perfectly worded, Jeff. Perfectly. First, Hilton. They are selling their points. Um, I believe it's a hundred percent bonus right now. That the the main piece is it knocks the price down to a half a cent each for their points. Um, 
the most important piece of this, like Jeff alluded to here, this is a great reminder. If Hilton is willing to sell you their points for a half a cent each, they know the value of their own points. They believe the value of those points are less than a half a cent each. So again, uh, to our listeners who may be new to the points and miles game, you hear us talk about a hundred thousand point off or a hundred and thirty thousand point off or a hundred and fifty thousand here. Hilton points are not the same as other types of points. So just because you see a hundred thousand point or a hundred and fifty thousand point Hilton sign up bonus, don't rush out and get it. Even Hilton hotels are telling you they would sell you those points for a half a cent each. So that hundred thousand point Hilton offer is really only worth five hundred bucks if you paid cash for it. You can probably redeem it for less than that. So that's my little piece on Hilton. Uh, like Jeff said, the only way I would ever go out and buy Hilton points for a half a cent each is if I had a specific redemption and it made a lot of sense and I couldn't come up with Hilton points any other way. Moving on to Hyatt, Hyatt and you will see the different in point values, Hyatt is now selling their points. I believe it's a 25% off promotion for 1.8 cents per point. So four Hilton points cost you roughly the same as one Hyatt point. Again, I wouldn't rush out and do this like Jeff said, unless you have a specific redemption in mind. Uh, A lot of times these points uh, would be best served at high Category 1 hotels that are only 5,000 points per night, so that would cost you in the 85-ish dollar range, uh, I believe. Check my math. I didn't do it off air. Uh, Around $85 for a Cat 1. Those are typically found by airports and things of that nature, so you're getting a fairly cheap uh, hotel. Uh, If it's priced above that, it might be a good deal. Remember, Hyatt, you can transfer in Chase Ultimate Rewards, so I wouldn't do this at all unless you are out of Ultimate Rewards and you don't think you can get any in the time you need the hotel. Another place that's good for the Hyatt, however, is the the Category 7 properties, the 30,000 points a night. I know tons of people are flocking out to Big Sur, California, uh, just south of Pebble Beach along Highway 1. Uh, This summer, they're taking advantage of Ventana Big Sur, uh, which is one of the Alila properties for Hyatt. It's an all-inclusive property right on Highway 1. Beautiful views of the Pacific Ocean. 30,000 points a night. You could buy that stay, uh, assuming points are available. When you buy these points at 1.8 cents each, that's only $540 per night. That hotel goes for between $2,100 and $3,200 or $3,300 a night. So that's a major savings. Another example that's been the hot topic in all the award travel circles lately is Kalala Island off of the Nicaraguan coast. It is 40,000 points per night, uh, a very exclusive island where there's only, I believe, four or eight bedrooms. Uh, Regardless, that would cost you about $720 a night. Again, all-inclusive. That that hotel can go up up to four to five thousand dollars per night so again if you've if you found availability you didn't have chase urs to transfer over you could buy the points in either of those and some cat ones would be good options other than that hard pass jeff yes like i said not great to buy them in most cases but if you are willing to put out some money for a crazy nice hotel then it works out in some cases Uh, Always make sure that you can't earn ultimate rewards points at a cheaper rate, though. If you can pick up an ultimate rewards card, 
uh, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred, or if you can do some spending on your ink cards for your business at 5x per dollar, then you may be able to earn them at less than that 1.8 cent per point, and it would be better than buying the points for you to just do that earning and do your redemption after you transfer. In other Hyatt news, the promo that we talked about, I think last week, three times the points for two plus night stays. That promo is live now, so if you have any two night or longer stays with Hyatt coming up, make sure you have registered for that so you can earn triple points. You need to register before you stay, and that goes through the, that promo goes through the 15th of September, so you have a couple more months to take advantage of that and earn your triple points. Time to head over to airlines now, and not much airline news this week, at least not the much that we noted and thought we needed to talk about, but Amex is doing a transfer bonus. I'm not sure, I don't think this is targeted, but I didn't have a chance to check before we recorded here, but it's a 30% transfer bonus to Flying Blue, which is the loyalty program of Air France and KLM. They have sometimes some great rates. They have sometimes some terrible rates with award tickets. So again, might not be worth transferring speculatively because you don't know what you're going to be able to redeem for later on, or if you're going to find availability, it might be crazy high rates. But I personally have done some great economy redemptions between the U.S. and Europe with Flying Blue. It's really, it's my go-to. That's the first place I look, but I've gotten redemptions as low as 21,500 miles each way with their program. So with a 30% transfer bonus, that's a great deal in my book. Yeah, when I think about especially high-end redemptions, you know, the first and the business class to Europe on Flying Blue, I always think, you know, not crazy high surcharges, but a couple hundred bucks for sure, you know, two to $300 surcharges each way. But, you know, like you said, those Saver Awards, if you can find them, I think they're typically 54 k uh, one way in business. So you take off a third of that, you're looking really, really good to transfer MRs to Flying Blue to fly maybe KLM business um, or Air France business. A great way to hop across the pond and uh, and fly in style. And again, economy, the the surcharges come down, although they're they're slightly higher than other programs, but but not terrible in economy. And absolutely great rates, like you said, in economy with this 30% transfer bonus. If you're if you're looking to go to Europe, Give it a look if you can find award availability, and that's key. Find award availability first, transfer point second, book immediately before the availability goes away. So that's the order. Find availability, transfer points, book it. Uh, don't do it any other way, or you may have phantom availability. You may you may lose the space and, or no space be available, and then you have points stranded for no reason. So that's the main airline news this week, Jeff. But we had some interesting uh, other occurrences going on uh, up in the atmosphere. We have a space race on our hands. We do. The not an airline news. Yeah, the not an airline but still flies news. The Blue Origin rocket took off this week. Yes, and this is the second in as many weeks that has a a private spacecraft or rocket or plane or I guess it was more of a plane with Virgin Galactic last week and a rocket this time with Blue Origin, but taking private citizens up into space. And again, mostly billionaires, 
But they brought some other people along. It was uh, Jeff Bezos. And afterwards, he made sure to point out that it was Amazon members and workers who paid for it. So he said, thank you, but also was like, aha, you paid for this. I got to go into space, which people thought was in bad form. But everyone knew that's where it came from anyway. So my take on this one is last week, we talked about how I really hope that we'll be able to redeem Virgin Atlantic miles. I'd like to see somewhere down the road that my Amazon Prime membership, maybe a perk of that is I get to go to space once every couple of years. So I have a partnership opportunity, Jeff. I'm thinking, you know how we, uh, or people have been joking, I don't know if we actually said it last week or not, but how the Amex Platinum is now, you know, like this glorified coupon book. Mm-hmm. What do you think about if Amex partnered with Amazon and offered like $10 monthly credits for the rest of your life? For one trip to space, I would do it. It'd be, but it it would be a worthless credit like all these other ones. Amex <laughs> is thrown out there, but on his face, it would be like if you're 30 years old and live for 50 more years, we're giving you, you know, fifty thousand dollar credit to go to space. Yeah, it would have to be like a monthly space program that costs five thousand dollars a month, and you get a ten dollar credit on your platinum card each month. Yeah, see, I mean, we should talk to the Amex corporate execs. This could be breaking news right here. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. We have their next coupon for them. I don't think my free trip to space with Amazon Prime membership is going to happen either, but we can dream, (laughs) right? We got to get up there somewhere. Yeah. And talking about what we can't do, let's now focus on what we can do, or at least we'll be able to do soon, Jeff. Great news. Our friends to the north, Canada will finally let us back in, that us being Americans, uh, on August 9th. The border restrictions between the United States and Canada, at least from Canada's perspective, are going to be open to vaccinated travelers on August 9th. So we are just a few weeks away from being able to go to awesome places like Montreal, Quebec, Vancouver, all those fun towns and cities that we have missed for the last year and a half. And some of their national parks that are absolutely beautiful in the summer. I think that they're opening this up to try to get some of those tourism dollars they've been missing out on. And it's a great move. I should point out that you do need to be a vaccinated American to go over the border with ease from August 9th forward. And what I think is strange is that we also saw the announcement that the United States will be continuing border restrictions with both Canada and Mexico until at least August 21st and may there maybe farther on. So Canada says, yes, U.S. citizens who come in and the U.S. turns around and says, okay, fine, but Canadians can't come into our country, which I don't, I'm not sure the politics there or what, how that's happening, but I'd like to see it open up kind of both ways. We'll see how it goes as time goes on here. Yeah, I was, and that's kind of the, <laughs> it's kind of tongue in cheek the way I worded that. It seems really weird, right? Canada first comes out and says, hey, you guys can come come back as long as you're vaccinated. Come spend some money here. Come have a vacation. And the U.S. immediate, well, within 12, 14 hours responded and said, well, that's great, but you're not welcome here, at least for two more weeks after we can go there. It, it, kind of seemed like bad timing seemed like maybe the two administrations or you know the state departments respective state departments whatever hadn't really uh, ironed things out a little bit but it 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 does seem weird to me jeff yeah so hopefully once we hit august 21st that'll start to open up from the u.s side of things and we'll be able to travel from then on 
We're not sure if that's going to happen, though. We are seeing some things starting to shut down more because of the Delta variant and they're still being a lot of unvaccinated people. I know cities like Los Angeles just reinstituted the wearing of masks in public places and indoor places. We've seen that a few places around the U.S. And one thing of note that a lot of people have been taking advantage of is travel to Iceland with your vaccination. And starting August 1st, Iceland will be requiring a negative COVID test within 72 hours, even if you have been vaccinated. So they're adding that on because they're not sure if people are going to be catching this new Delta variant or some other variant of COVID, and they want to make sure that that's not coming into their country. So things tightening up a little bit in some places as they loosen in some others. Yeah, it's scary stuff, Jeff. And it, it, you know, it's the last thing anyone wants to see that we're kind of taking steps backwards. So if you're out there and you're unvaccinated and you're sort of on the fence as to what to do, maybe give it another look, uh, you know, try and figure out how we can stem the tide again. You know, in the U.S., we'd be talking about the fourth or fifth surge if another surge happens and let's hope it doesn't. But, um, you know, think about it. And uh, if if you're on the fence, maybe just take that leap and go get vaccinated. Don't tell anybody if you're, you know, you want to be prideful about not being vaxxed. But let's please, <laughs> please yeah, I was gonna not add go on back there, to mask. I, I was going to add a pretty please. We'll just throw a pretty please out there. Go yeah. get your vaccinations if you can yeah. so that people can travel. And the people that can't travel is those people who had let their passports lapse because passports, new passports or renewal passports here in the United States are now taking as long as 18 weeks to come back. So if you're getting excited about seeing some of these countries open up to U.S. travelers, make sure your passport is good. Make sure a lot of countries require it to be valid for six months. Some countries require three months. Check those requirements before you plan a trip make sure your passport is valid and if it's not get it in now because it's still going to be several months before you get it back and people are very sad about that yeah and i would go so far to say jeff that you know if you go check your passport number one if it's expiring in the next 12 months even and you have nothing planned right now because you know maybe you're like me and you can't really travel for work purposes until these testing requirements to come back to the u.s are lifted if you're in that boat and you have no international travel plan for the foreseeable future and your passport has you know a year or 18 months left consider go ahead and sending it in now or sending it in in the next month or two. Get it back while you don't need it. And then as soon, hopefully, as this Delta variant's kicked and the world really reopens, you're free to go and you got 10 more years of validity. That is great advice. And we luckily have our passports. We just renewed them in 2019, I think, but had to expedite them because I hadn't been paying good enough attention. But luckily, it was pretty quick. We went right down to the passport office in D.C. So we had a bit of an advantage there that we could go in person instead of having to send it in. One last thing on the travel front that, I don't know, maybe our listeners are sick of hearing about Ireland, but I'm not because I'm headed there the day this releases. But Ireland has voted today to open indoor dining, and that's in restaurants and pubs, and indoor service in pubs, on Monday, July 26th, which I could not be more excited about because I land in Ireland on Saturday the 24th. So two days into my trip, 
We'll be able to start eating indoors. We'll be able to go sit at a bar. Maybe not sit at a bar, but at least sit at a table in a pub and have a drink in an Irish pub. And that's something that I've been looking forward to for years. So very excited about that. One update for our, I guess, travel updates for the miles and points with pints Next week, I will be in Ireland all week, and I do all the editing for this show, and I will not be able to do it. So next week's episode, we will still have an interview segment, but there will be no updates next week. So we'll be coming back to you two weeks from now with probably an extra long segment and a whole bunch of updates in travel rewards. Until then, happy traveling. Get some new credit cards if you can. Build up those points and be ready to go with your renewed passports when it's time to travel. Well, we hope you had as much fun listening to Em as we did talking to her. The way she uses her skills as an artist and her incredible knowledge of beer to educate everyone around her is truly something special. Be sure to go check out Pints and Panels if you haven't already. Also, thank you again to Beer by Coleman for making this episode possible. All of the important points and links for things we talked about during our conversation will be in the show notes, so you can pick up anything that you missed the first time through. The easiest place to find those notes is at milesandpints.com. Thanks so much for listening to Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can hear all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. Tell your friends and family about us so they can enjoy the show too, and please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. In between episodes, you can get more travel and beer content by following at Miles and Pints on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash milesandpints. And that's all we have for this episode. Until next time, we hope you find yourselves a little bit of travel, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of fun.